For a very short episode of Let Me Tell You Something on our quest to watch every match that Dave Meltzer has rated five stars or higher, we've hit a stumbling block. I'm your co-host, Lorcan Mullen, and with me is my other co-host... Simon Cross. So, Simon, this match, the eighth match that Meltzer ever gave five stars to, is unfortunately one that there is no known complete footage of, and it comes from the 1986 Crockett Cup. I believe it was the quarterfinals of that tournament, and it was between the Fantastics of uh, Bobby Fulton and I've just forgotten the other guy's name. Was it Tommy Rogers? I believe it was. It was Tommy Rogers. Yes. Yeah, Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers against the Sheep Herders. Now you might better know the Sheep Herders as the Bushwhackers. That's right, Butch when he was Butch Miller, and Luke when he was Luke Graham. Being accompanied by fellow <laughs> Kiwi wrestler Jack Victory. Such and imaginative the, names. And the worst head-licking, arm-flailing comedy wrestlers. They were hardcore before there even was a name for it. They were wild, nasty brawlers that travelled the territories, had a lot of success in the New Zealand scene and also in the Calgary scene. I remember seeing footage of them, classic footage of them wrestling Bret Hart and the Dynamite Kid. Um, with Luke having very long, wild hair at that point as well, I recall. Um, and it was really the WWF that completely reinvented them. Interesting fact, actually, Butch had retired from wrestling at one point. Um, like, that's how old they were already at this point. I think they're well into their 40s before they even signed up to the WWF and became the comedy undercard tag team. Maybe they had to become the comedy undercard tag team then. Like, maybe well, they're they're the way they're wrestling in, yeah, they're, they're flailing all over the place in this match. And it's just interesting that the fact that the, the Sheep Herders had a five-star match and the Bushwhackers once had a minus five-star match. Yes. Which is an even um, more rarefied air than being involved in a five-star match. So... I don't know what you should be prouder of, really. And the fact that it reminds me there was one year where I think Kerrang! had Band of the Year being My Chemical Romance and Worst Band of the Year also being My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance are the bushwhackers of popular... (laughs) (laughs) I've got pictures now of Gerard Way just licking some emo kid's head, but... We're waiting for the video to come out of that, you know? If, a, yeah. if if James Ellsworth can be caught out, who knows who else can be caught out? Twenty eighteen is just so weird. It was it's so weird, so... Simon. It was so weird. Oh, sorry. Let the curtain slip there a little <laughs> bit. Uh well. So where? So yeah, this is going to be a short one because we don't have much to talk about. I mean, the episode could only be about eight minutes, and it'll be as long as the footage that we've been able to see. Uh, the, the Crockett Cup was this huge multi-day event that the NWA Jim Crockett promotions had where they would have 24 tag teams, I believe. It might have even been more than that on so at least one of the occasions, having a huge knockout tournament in quite a big arena and um, Ric Flair defending the World Heavyweight title against someone as well on the card. Because that's alluded to in the commentary because I believe the Sheep Herders had knocked out the Rock and Roll Express to mm. get to the finals. Mm. Uh, the quarterfinals. Oh, to get to the quarterfinals or yeah. wherever they were yeah. um 
but yeah, like the, the the commentators actually say, "Oh, it's a surprise the sheep herders have got this far, considering who they were drawn against." Which is like, okay, um, maybe say, "Oh, they defied the odds to win," or but whatever. Well, they like bringing they like bringing tag teams from all over the world for that, from different regions and territories. Giant Baba visited with Masawa Tiger Mask. I don't know if it was for this Crockett Cup or one of the later incarnations. That the. They're beloved events, and the Dusty Rhodes Classic sort of alludes to that tournament as well on NXT. Um, And they had great teams and great matches on those cards as well. But, um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, because it does look like it was another one of those wild brawls. It's mental. Yeah, uh, definitely along the lines of um, the Funks against Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody, or uh, Ricky Choshu and Yoshiaki Atsu against Tenru and... Um, uh, Saruta. I'd say a bit those, more of a chaotic. Yeah, those were just like big dudes. Those had more of a feel of just big dudes wailing on each other. These guys aren't as big, but yeah, they're all under. They're nasty. Years. They're vicious. What is? I love the stories of the, especially either the virtuous babyface or the the um, or the cocky heel being sort of dragged down into the world of the more nasty brawling wrestler. So classic examples of that would be uh, Mick Foley wrestling Sting in WCW or as Cactus Jack wrestling Triple H and Randy Orton in the WWE and them having to sort of channel something at an edge as well and those guys having to channel something in them that they don't usually... Swim in in foreign waters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another great example of that in Ring of Honor was the feud between Colk Banner and Homicide. And Colt Cabana being this happy-go-lucky guy, but he crosses Homicide the wrong way and suddenly he's in completely o- over his head and uh, desperate to try and escape the feud as much as anything because it's really messing with him. Um, but this is just like the, the, the virtuous, handsome, good guys. that They are like of that Rock and Roll Express mould. Um, just having enough with these ugly New Zealanders... And their manager, because like, like, it's a three-on-two yeah. handicap match, almost. Yeah, and also some last from the Road Warrior comes out, Mad Max 2, <laughs> yeah. towards the end. Lady Maxine, or yeah, like, like, yeah. yeah. But um, there's the, just the moment where one of the Fantastics is just pure, had absolutely enough of <laughs> everyone and everything. When he bites a sheep herder on the top of the head and draws blood, mm. like a fair whack of blood as well. Um, whether or not it's just obviously there was a blade and the, this that's what mm. opened it up or not, but it just looks visceral yeah. and it's from this really good looking dude, like a guy you wouldn't expect to be violent <coughs> in that sense. It, it's just just madness. And then um, what I like um, is amongst all this madness and chaos, Jack Victory takes very good care of the New Zealand flag throughout. He makes sure he wraps it up tightly around that flagpole, even when carnage is going on all around him. It's just great that nationalistic pride is just, well, you know, above yeah, all Zealand, else. New Zealand had a vote to get rid of it recently and they didn't do it. So, yeah. you know. It, it matters to them. It's a, it's a, um, it's a very important... Of, very important part of our culture. That's what you've got to understand, Simon. I don't know if you were doing New Zealand or Chris Eubank there. No, it's, New Zealand's accent's quite a funny accent, really. When you when you listen to it after a while, it's a bit more robotic. It's, <laughs> uh, I love I love doing impressions of them. You know, like uh, Korg from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Hey, man, I'm Korg. Uh, I'm the monster made of rocks, but you've got nothing to fear unless you're a monster made of scissors. That's a rock, paper, scissors joke for you there. 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, it just started right, off with you, Pat. Kiwi accent. Yay! Whoa! <laughs> See, that, that I was more used to. I identified uh, more with that. that, I was more into. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't have much to add. It looked like it was a lot of fun, but I can't say what I would rate it. Um, yeah, it's difficult to say, because as we saw, like, I think under a third of it all told. Oh, definitely. Um, what I the one thing I've I will say there's one thing I've seen in this clip in this set of clips that I haven't seen in any other wrestling match I've watched is when the refs bumped the second ref runs down to the ring and rather than try and make a count he just sees his mate on the floor and goes come on lad go on get you get back into this and tries to revive the first <laughs> ref I've never want, seen that I don't in want any part wrestling. of this you can... yeah. just takes one look at the car and is like not for me. <laughs> Okay, so we can't say whether or not we give it five stars. I don't think I probably would have, but I would have still enjoyed it. It looks like it was a lot of fun. Um, for a wild brawl, it was very intriguing. Mm. It is what it is. Yeah. It's um, carnage. Good carnage. But we're going to be staying in the NWA for our next episode. It'll be a bit of a longer episode. And we're back to Ric Flair and Barry Windham again as they appear on Worldwide Wrestling in a televised main event in January of 1987, again for Ric Flair's NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Will Barry Windham be victorious this time? We'll have to wait and find out. Or you could just watch it yourself. It's already happened, so I can't stop you. I was going to say, I'll, I'll check Wikipedia for those who are lazy. <laughs> yeah. But until then, my name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a great time. Until the next time. 눈을 감고 내가 하는 이야기를 잘 들어봐 나의 얘기가 끝나기 전에 너는 꿈을 꿀 거야 Little star tonight 밤새 내가 지켜줄 거야 너를 만났을 땐 정말 눈